This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi everybody, it's Mike. I'm sorry for not being there again tonight. Um, I'm, as you can kind of tell, I've not been well with COVID, unfortunately, which has uh, kind of spread itself around. But I just wanted to try and give you some thoughts on, um, <clears throat> excuse me, on the Watford game tonight. Um, yeah, very disappointing. Really kind of lacking much, um, much positivity coming out of that. As soon as I mean the first goal, marginally offside, but. You've got a question, you know, where was the defence again there? He's been allowed to, to get a space um, behind the, the defence. And, you know, a player of that quality is going to, of course, you know, sort sort things out. Um, in terms of, obviously, our lot, there was a lot of players that just weren't on it, unfortunately. Um, I mean, Delap and Gale were pointing themselves about, for me, enough. Uh, no, no real criticisms kind of coming their way, um, but it just felt very disorganised. And I think as soon as the, um, you know, the the second goal goes in, I think like a lot of people have said, we've just kind of shut down and um, opened up gaps. Obviously trying to attack too much, and and we got absolutely punished for it. Um, a couple of, <clears throat> excuse me, a couple of uh, really difficult games coming up, and. I don't know what the actual solution is sitting here right now. I think we just need to try and find a way of getting back to you know a couple more clean sheets. Um, you know, Bursic probably on that front was was pretty solid. Uh, he he will feel really hard done by by conceding four goals. Um, but you know, with a, with a bit of luck, you know, Alex Neil will will go and find um, a formula somewhere, make us hard to beat. I think the likes of Nick Powell coming back uh, would be. Um, a big help, uh, Josh Tymon, etc. We're missing a lot of our kind of first team players, so hopefully um, we can get those people back and we can start to turn things around. So uh, thanks to Andy and Dan for covering, and also Lou. It was great to hear you on the pod the other day. I'm so gutted I couldn't be there, um, but as you can hopefully kind of tell, it's not as bad. So um, take care, everyone. Enjoy the rest of the pod, and I'll be back on hopefully next week. So welcome back, everybody. Um, yes, wasn't a fantastic result against Watford, was it? Far from it. Uh, yeah, pretty demoralising. And something else that's pretty demoralising is we, we're still we're still without Mike. But it's just me. We and are, Andy. mate. 
It's just me and you this week, isn't it again, mate? Yeah, but at least I'm back this time. At least I'm back on a Stoke City podcast for the first time in a month. Well, second time, you you were here for the last one. Oh yeah, I was one time. <laughs> I'm losing, mate. This is what Watford's done to me. This is what Watford's done. You, all you all your brain can focus on is those four Watford goals. Yeah, exactly, mate. Exactly. It was pretty dire. Well, shall we shall we dive back in? So let's get over and done with it. Let's get straight yeah. into it. Let's, let's get straight over and done with it. Move onwards. So, I mean. What 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 are your main thoughts about this match, right? What have you got to say? <laughs> Nothing's changed. <laughs> Nothing changed from from what Michael O'Neill. Pretty much, it feels like it's the same team. Obviously, the system we're playing is the exact same, and you know, some of the players, such as like Delapu, who's come in and Smallbone, I feel like they've been overhyped a lot because I'm I'm not seeing the quality they have. Okay. Very interesting. So you, so obviously, like you, you're not happy with the Gale and uh, the lap. I mean, like neither of them have scored yet, so you can't be that happy with them. But you don't, you're not a fan of uh, Gale so far. You're not a fan of the lap so so far. It's not that I'm a fan of them. It like I I'm I'm happy that they're here and I'm happy that they're trying. It's just that we've we've seen now that neither the lap and Gale are scoring. That one of them has got to drop out the team because we need a partnership that can score goals together and that's not happening at the moment, clearly. Yeah, I think that's fair enough. I mean, it's not as if they haven't had chances. I think Gale's played 11 games. That must be on about seven or eight now. Yeah. And I know, you know to be fair, Gale could have like, you know, six. <laughs> <laughs> that's one thing that I can give him though. He, he is trying. He's getting in the goal-scoring positions. But yeah. speaking of offside, their first goal... If that was Dwight Gale, he would have been flagged. Yeah, that is all I'm saying. Yeah, he definitely because he was offside. Yeah, and, uh, for sure. All we're waiting for is we we need we need a Fosu in the opposition's line playing everybody onside for that. <laughs> 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 eight yards, eight yards behind everybody else. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think. I mean, let, let's run through the goals, eh? So the first one, like you say, it was offside. To me, the, the the thing is, it was criminal. There was no pressure on the cross. The defence is all out of shape. And he sort of just goes in, walks in behind the defence. I know, he, like I say, he was watching it back. He was slightly offside. But he wasn't yards off, was he? And no, he's just, he wasn't yards off. And he's just, like I say, streaming through. Nobody marked, nowhere near him. Everyone looking around, wondering what's going on. Why isn't somebody else doing the job of picking him up? And he just yeah. adds it past Bersic, who, you know, for the the, the lads, you know, he's, he's playing there, he's come out, he's not going to prayer, has he? He's, he's damned if he no. goes, damned if he doesn't. <laughs> the way I see it is, even if a player is offside, they shouldn't have as much space as what Saw had, because he was about five or six yards ahead of Flint, I believe. And, you know, you shouldn't give anyone that's much space in an attacking position. Yeah, and I mean, it's not as if Ismail Shah's not a good player. It's not as if he's he's half decent and he doesn't need picking up, is it? He's brilliant, to be fair. <laughs> um, so, yes, yeah, so that's the first goal. So that's probably on the back for us. I mean, I think we did have a bit of... We had a bit of um, decent pressure. Probably our best spell, probably just before half-time, wasn't it? Yeah, then, the start of the second half was very good as well. Yeah, they had a bit of tempo to them then, so they're probably the only time. I mean... I know these midday kickoffs are like 
Yeah, they're a nightmare, aren't they, really? Especially Saturday, Sunday, but especially, like I say, midday on a Sunday. It's terrible. It's and, awful, and mate. You see a lot of games, don't you, when you watch them on TV midday. I know, I know I usually get, you know, see a bit of them that when I'm, when I'm working and stuff as well, is that you, you watch them and they always seem to lack something. There's always something yeah. missing. And then I think the crowd are quiet because everyone's either half asleep or half hung over. <laughs> <laughs> I think the 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 Stoke team today played like they were either half asleep or half on over. <laughs> it, it, it's too early to be playing at that time, mate. That's how I say it. it's way too early to be playing at twelve o'clock on a Sunday. It it's it's not when football should be played. As we know, football the best time for football is three o'clock on a Saturday or a Sunday. But because it's Sky and they have other things like the Manchester Derby which was on, they're like, what game can we rearrange? Ah oh, no, let's choose a team who are struggling. You know, that's the best thing to do. We we were the appetizer for the main course. We were. And then was it Leeds and Villa was the dessert? Yeah, Leeds and Villa <laughs> was the evening game. But to be fair, I will say one thing about the Manchester Derby. What a game. What a player Haaland is. And to be fair, Foden, we've discussed it on the England podcast. Maybe he does deserve his place in the England team. <laughs> yeah, but he didn't do that for England, did he? But He's anyway, attacking midfield. But anyway, let's get back onto moving Stoke. back to this tragic event. There, I know we're desperate to uh, not talk about. <laughs> uh, but the second goal. So I think we've had we've had a bit of a bit of a good spell. I think um, Galap had a couple of shots, didn't he? You know that just you know, just hit the, didn't hit the target with, but got a couple of good chances. Um, Baker's free kick, you know, good on target. Could be a dip, but Batman produced a save that you probably would expect him to do. Yeah, but it was a brilliant save because I was I'm down in the booth, and so we're all expecting Baker to score it. But um, yeah, it was sort of against the runner play with Watford second. And to be fair, I can't fault Ben Wilmot. He he pretty much did all he could, and you know Semo has pretty much an open net to kick the ball into. Yeah, Wilmot on his 50th game for Stoke after signing from Watford. <laughs> I bet he's wishing he could go back now. Well, obviously, Flint, Cross has come in. Flint's cleared it, done his job. Yep. Smallbone, how weak was he on that, though? He did not even put a challenge. There was no challenge. There was nothing to stop stop um, Chowdhury. You know, all he did challenge is stick a leg out and set the ball back into the danger zone under absolutely no pressure from Smallbone, who's let the ball come across him. Yeah, it was... It's just it was weak. Tough. It's... You know, you, you see all the training videos they put on Twitter, this high-intensity chain, it looks like everything's getting better. And it, none of that's been put into the games. No. Well... Fosu then plays everybody on side. So Fosu's carried on with his man, and he, he's run back yeah. with him. Then he's decided, then obviously, you know, the, the ball's come out, so he's turned, and he's running back. And the ball's come back into the area, and his man has had time to turn, run back towards goal, and picked up the rebound after Bursic had come out and done well to sort of try and smother a shot. He made a decent save. The ball squirmed through, and they're seeing it, you know, now unmarked completely because because Fosu has still decided to carry on running in the opposite direction and not to, you know, unless Seymour on his own. 
Seaman's like sensed what could happen. Fosu's got no idea that's that, that that's what he should be doing. So the ball comes to Seaman, like he's like you said there. Wilmot's done as best he could. He's thrown himself in front of it, blocked the ball, and then it's just sort of come back and and Seaman's managed to sort of squirm it in, Auntie. Yeah, so you, you and... feel sorry there for Bursic and Wilmot because they've done their jobs as best they can. We reacted well. But again, they're the only two. Everyone else has stood around watching. Yeah, it's it's annoying to see. Obviously, like I mentioned, you see how they train, and the training Alex Neal's doing is obviously better than what O'Neill did. But when something like that happened, you think, I know it's bold to say, but was O'Neill the problem? Well, I think you know, I did say at the time. <laughs> <laughs> But, it's... yeah, I think, like you say, Foster just jogging off. No idea what to do. I'm not even going to get into that, that conversation <laughs> right now. I'm moving on. <laughs> um, Don't blame you. The game sort of drifts and drifts. Comes towards the end. Goal number three goes in. Harry Clark, for me, shows a bit of rustiness. There was one pass that he played behind Lauren, and then Lauren gave it back to him, and then he drilled one. And I think yeah. he was aiming to go back to the centre halves, but it was like straight at Laurent's feet. And to be fair, he controlled it pretty well, Josh Laurent. And then he's got three men on him straight away, and he's yeah. looking, he's looking who wants it, who give me an out ball, where can I play it off to, who can I pass to, and nobody anywhere is saying, "Here, give me the ball." Is yeah, that it's, give up? It's, it's tough, isn't it? Yeah, they give up. It's, it's it's you know it's children's stuff, and. and so nobody wants the ball off him. So obviously he's got three men on him. He's, he's then dawdling and then all of a sudden he's panicking. Because let's face it, he's just come back from a long-term injury as well. He's been out for weeks, you know, a month, couple of months. Yeah. And and so he's now panicking. And then the ball's taken off him and then they've got three three players there running in, all, off in different directions from that one you know, from that one play near the halfway line. And then if you... <laughs> so... Then you have to say, so who goes on to our right? But um, Keenan Davis. So the three centre halves are covering their position. Keenan Davis is in acres of space in the right wing back, right wing back slash right back area because Fosu is about 20 yards inside the, um, inside the Watford half. <laughs> and when we lost the ball, just decided to walk, just, oh, I'll have a bit of a slow jog back, bearing down on goal. There was no urgency from him. I'm not saying he would have got back or got close, but he can at least try to. Yeah, it's it's frustrating, like we're saying. It is very annoying. Yeah, he um, hasn't done himself any favours at all hasn't. for me, Fosu, today. He is a winger, and I've said that when he came in. He is a winger. He is not a wing back. He only plays wing back when he needs to. And to be honest, if you're going to play Fosu, play him as a winger. Don't don't use him as wing back because his defensive quality isn't there. He's not he's not a defensive player. Well, we'll get onto that in a moment. <laughs> um, because yes, and there's well, number four. Yes, when we go into my team, we'll see about Fosu and where we're playing him. Um, so yes, yeah, so I was going to say, Davis, good finish from him. He squared up Will. He's got the ball, goes into his feet. He squared up Will Mott and just fired it low in a cross goal, hasn't he? Um, yeah. And like I say, goal number four, no marking whatsoever. Total overload at the back post, two on one. 
um, people concentrating on other things, no communication there. It, that that goal was easily avoided if people talk to each other. You quickly oh, yeah, talk 100%. to each other, organise. I've got two at the back post. Everybody shuffle across, you know, come across. You know, the one needs picking up here. Nothing. But if all it needs is a bit of organisation and somebody talking, and that that situation will get sorted out. In, yeah, sure. In sure. a couple of seconds. It's just very frustrating, mate. That's that's all I can put it down to. It's very frustrating, and you know we we keep saying the same things, but what more is there really to say? And I and we've discussed on here before, stats aren't everything. But you look at stats, and it's an even game. But clearly, Watford just take their chances a lot better than what we do. And that sounds like something we've said for how many years now? Yeah, we just aren't clinical enough, are we? We never have been, mate. No, you've got Delap Baker. They, like I say, they don't always really went close. Campbell had a shot on target, but lacked any sort of power or yeah. you know, threatened to score there, didn't he? I mean, it was a good... He's, he's hit it on the turn, and a good connection yes. there, and it's in the back of the net, and it was 3-1. But, yeah, like I say, it's just not, we're just not clinically enough. It's, it's frustrating. Like, like I've said so often, it's frustrating, but there's no other word for it. It's, I feel like, you know... A change of system is needed in order to have this attacking threat. Yeah. So, man of the match, Paul. <laughs> do we need to? Well, we do. Unfortunately, so. So, twenty-one percent give it to Ben Wilmot. Yeah, he's, fair enough. He's a trier. Nine <laughs> percent uh, of Joe Bursic. Mm-hmm. Goal. Six uh, percent for Dujan Sterling on his debut. Reserved. Deserved. Four percent for Liam Delap, and then the only other players to get a single vote were Dwight Gale, Josh Loren, Lewis Baker. That's it. So the comic comical ones. Forty-four percent of the votes was none. <laughs> yeah, I sat next to a mate who put that. Six <laughs> percent uh, said hippo. Four <laughs> percent uh, said Sky for highlighting how poor we are, and three uh, percent was went for me, which was added by Craig Wally. So, <laughs> you, well done, Craig. I think that three percent, mate. If that would put you, yeah, you, you'd uh, just miss off on the podium there, wouldn't you? No, you would. <laughs> if you were, if you're in the vote. Uh, but yeah, I think. Like I say, it won't be one to tell the grandkids about, will it? Uh, kind of the match in that format, in that, uh, yeah, winning the man of the match in that uh, match, in that game. So yeah, I mean, just to round off, now we've got some audio. He's he's not he's not gloating. He's he's <laughs> he's just <laughs> happy. So this is Mike from the Rookery End podcast. Hello, it's Mike from the Watford Podcast from the Rookery End here. And I guess I have to start off by saying, well, thanks very much, really. I'm afraid it's been a tough week for us as as Watford supporters. It, it kicked off with the unexpected and unwelcome, really, sacking of Rob Edwards early in the week. Slaven Bilic uh, brought in, what, 15 minutes later it was announced. Undue haste, some would, uh, some would argue. But yeah, it was nice to get back to on-field matters today and nice to get back to, to winning ways. That's Watford's first win since they beat uh, Southampton, uh, which feels like an absolute age ago now, back in the Premier League, of course. And I have to say, probably Watford 
good for the good for the win. I think often these twelve o'clock kickoffs are dearly difficult for the for the home side. The the atmosphere never catches light. The, the games just seem to be played in a slightly different tempo and, and environment. Really, twelve o'clock on a Sunday. It's not really when football should be played. If you ask me, especially if you've been out on Saturday night, of course. Um, but I thought Watford clicked into gear, whereas Stoke just just didn't at all. Watford went ahead early, of course. Hint of offside uh, about Ismail Assar's goal after after 12 minutes, but it was a lovely ball in from Kamara. Very easy um, with the ball of that quality for, for Ismail Assar just to head home. I thought Stoke had their best patch, really, um, with the final... 20 15 minutes of the of the first half where they where they looked like they had Watford uh, scratching their heads a little bit they're coming forward with a little little bit of purpose but that that purple patch that that Stoke had for for the last sort of 15 minutes of the first half certainly wasn't replicated in the second and it was all all one way traffic really to to be perfectly frank and would caveat that with you'd you'd hope that Watford would would play well they have got Players who who really are Premier League quality, Ismail Assar, Yasser Spreer is young, but he he's going to be some player. Keenan Davis, um, of course, on loan from Aston Villa and, and helped get Forest promoted last year. So Watford have got got good talent, but I I would say from a looking at it dispassionately, I was disappointed with Stoke. I thought they would be more organised. I thought it'd be harder for Watford to break them down. We've really really struggled to score goals this season so whilst from my point of view it was an absolute joy to see us get four it was it was a surprise to see how easily we were able to um to beat Stoke you expect them to be uh just to be really tough and much more resilient and it didn't seem to be the case so disappointed in in Stoke to be perfectly honest I think that from, from Watford's point of view changing to a back four doing away with the attempting to have the wing backs that that Rob, Rob Edwards seemed to favour helped us a bit more balanced in terms of the shape but, it, but I have to say, we were really, really helped by by Stoke's performance today. It was very, very lethargic. Uh, there didn't seem to be too many players that could change the game. Delaps obviously got a bit about him. A little bit narky, I thought. He left one on, on Daniel Backman. There was a, few, a bit of argy-bargy. But that's, you kind of like that, don't you? You, uh, you? you want a bit of spark from your, your players. But he was one of the few, really, to show any sort of... Gumption, if you like, anyone, one of the very few players in, in red and white that looked likely to, to, to do any damage to Watford at all. So I'm afraid to report from my from my end that, that Stoke looked very, yeah, disappointing, I guess, is the uh, is the best way of, of describing it. And Watford will uh, we'll take it. Good for the win. Um, but I, I'm still not sure whether Watford get out of the division. Uh, and uh, I suspect we'll be seeing each other again very, very soon. All the best. Oh, cheers for that, Mike, and thanks very much for not gloating too much, although you would have been well um, <laughs> allowed to do as well after that game. Um, anything anything you want to add, Andy, on the game before we go? Not really, I'm just worried about the next month, mate. I'm glad you said no. Right, let's move <laughs> <laughs> So, I'll let's move into the news. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. So, would you like to hear the good news or the bad news? I think it's best to start with the bad news. So the bad news is the under-21s lost 4-0 at Leeds on Friday night. Traditions. Yes. Yes, the start of them. They get themselves ready for the first team. I see what's happening here. <laughs> <laughs> However, there was no sign of Harry Suter, which surprised me. I thought he may have played that match just to give him some minutes. But we hey perhaps ho. don't want to rush him back, do we? Yeah, maybe he's not quite there yet. Um... The you may have heard on Friday's podcast that we said that the under twenty ones were playing Hamley Town on Tuesday in the Staff Senior Cup. Well, due to Hamley Town's fantastic draw on Saturday, where they got a nil a goalless draw away at Chester in the FA Cup, they now have the FA Cup replay on Tuesday night. So our Staff Senior Cup game will have to be rearranged at a later date. Um the under-21s next match is now Norwich at home on at St George's Park on Sunday the 9th with a 3pm kickoff. So, that's the bad news. The good news is the under-18s beat Newcastle United 2-1 away on Saturday. That's good to be fair. Only goal difference is keeping us off the top of the table. So Sunderland have a slightly better goal difference than us. We've both got 12 points from five games, which is a fantastic start to the season for our under-18s. And if you look at the league table, it goes Sunderland, Stoke, and then the next team's Wolves, Liverpool, Leeds, Man City, Man United, Newcastle. So there are some big guns there, and our under-18s are outperforming the lot of them at the minute. So they deserve all the praise they can get. Oliver Town equalised on Saturday after Newcastle took an early lead, and then Nathan Lowe scored the winner in the second half. So he's getting himself a bit of a reputation as a goal scorer as well. And to, uh, the under-18s this week, they are at home to Middlesbrough on Saturday, kicking off at 11am. So, the women. Now, obviously, today, the men's team weren't the only ones playing, were they? The women no, we were went, not. The women went away to Fylde and drew 2-2, a draw that leaves them fourth in the league. So, Beth Roberts had opened the scoring early doors, and then two quick-fire goals had us behind for a large proportion of the game. Uh, but late pressure, it eventually paid off as Naomi Badeau poked home after a goal-mouth scramble in the 91st minute to earn a point. So I bet that journey home was a bit better than it would have been without that equaliser. I bet that changed the mood. Must have done that. And also some more good news on the women's side. The reserves won 4-1 away at Doncaster Bells as well today. Not bad. But so... Just going to reel back as well onto the under-18s there. So, you know, Nathan Lowe, who said scored the winner, and he's, he has seemed to be popping up, doesn't he, with quite a few goals this he season does, and mate. last season. Well, he signed his first professional contract. So, on his 17th birthday, uh, he signed professional terms of Stoke. So, he's now a pro. 
he has joined Emre Tezgel, Jack Griffiths and Tommy Simpkin, who all signed pro contracts on their 17th birthday. Now, as far as I'm aware, that is not something that all you know, that's not something that happens quite a lot to sign them to pro deals at such a young age. And I yeah, know that Simkin Tesgel have been in the England setup, haven't they? Obviously Lowe's have done well for the under eighteens, under twenty ones. Uh, Jack Griffiths has been around the first, all four of them have been around the first team as well, training and stuff, haven't they? And getting some yeah. match day experience. Really, there we have got potentially four very good footballers all at the age of seventeen, and it was it's going to be interesting how we nurture them and, and bring them through at different rates. Yeah, I mean, it, it will be. Yeah, I mean, we're very cloak and dagger and stuff. I mean, Emre's not he's not been seen for weeks and weeks and weeks. I mean, he must be injured. Apparently, he is nursing an injury. Yeah, so there's no point. Sort of like you say, playing him when he's not fit and and making it worse. Hopefully, it's nothing too serious, and we'll have him back on the pitch soon. But yes, so let's move on to Burnley now because we've got, like I say, another game aren't we in midweek. The games are going to come thick and fast now between now and the World Cup, so you'll be sick of hearing mine and Andy's voices soon. <laughs> Probably, man. I don't blame him. <laughs> but I'm going to give mine a rest now, and I'm going to let Andy take it away today. Uh, let's hit us with some stats, mate. So, um, for the first stat for the day is Burnley and Stoke haven't met in the league since the 2017-18 Premier League season, where sadly we did get relegated. Where Burnley did want winners one nil at Turf Moor. Um, Stoke are winless in our last five visits to Burnley in the league with three draws and two losses. And the last time we did win there was in January 2007 in the Championship. Um, adding to that, Burnley are unbeaten in Turf Moor at the Championship this season. And they're also unbeaten in the last 18 home league games in the second tier since the last time they did do that was losing 2-0 to Preston in December 2015. Um our manager, Alex Meal, will be facing Burnley for the first time in the Football League. And now this is the interesting part of the fact. With the Scot just losing one of his last 17 league games when coming up against the side for the first time as a manager, where he's won 11 and drawn 5. And Burnley's Jay Rodriguez has three goals against Stoke in the Football League, all coming in the Premier League, although he has failed to score in his last three such appearances against the Potters. Very good, very good, mate. Are you all started out? I believe so. I am. I am staffed out. <laughs> well, well done. Um, moving on to the referee. So the referee is David Webb. So he's ref seven championship games uh, this season. So he's given 16 yellows out, no reds, no penalties. So an average of 2.29 yellows a game. Uh, the last two games the 1-1 draw with Swansea in August, uh, where he gave just a single yellow card to Stoke, and the 1-0 victory over Sheffield United in April, where he didn't get his cards out at all in the whole game. So he certainly seems to be like, you know, he's quite lenient to let things go by the looks of it. You know, not one for throwing his cards around. Uh, so he's ref Stoke on seven occasions, and we've only lost once. Three wins and three draws, so we've got a good record. Uh, however, Burnley have a 100% record. He's ref them twice, and they've won both games. Uh, but 
this is the good point about this. No boy, there are no team that he has refed more than twice who have a hundred percent win rate with him. So that would suggest we may be getting something. There's a few things there pointing to an unlikely point for Stoke if they if you go by the uh, the stats and and you know the destiny of it all. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. So Alex Neal's record against new clubs and the ref not being too kind to uh, a club for too long <laughs> mean that we we could get end up with a point or three. We can have a chance yeah. here, mate. Yes. Um, right, let's sort of let's get into the the match itself. Then, I mean, what are you going to do? Are you ringing some changes after that? A bit. I am making this? some big changes. Big changes, mate. So where where should we? Who get who carries the can for for today's game then? For you. So who stays in the team? No, it's like who carries the, who's who who's getting the blame for it? Who, where, where, where is it? Is it the defense, the midfield? I feel like it's a bit of all of it. <laughs> so um, there's a bit of a shaking up everywhere on the pitch. Nobody comes out of it with any. Uh... No, I don't. I don't feel like any of them were at the best. So obviously, like Bursic with what's going on with him, he's obviously tried his best and gone to the best he can do. But you know, I feel I feel like he's got a mental block at the moment. Yeah, so are you making a change in goal then? I am. Um, I don't know what's happening with Bonham. I don't he know whether he's injured today, or he so isn't. Was he on the bench? He was on the bench today. Well, I feel like just for the time being, Bonham does come back into the side. Just, um, obviously, it seems harsh, but I feel like Joe needs time to you know, recapture his form and recapture himself. Uh, we're playing a four-back, so we're going 4-3-3. Three, three. Uh, I'm having... Harry Clark coming in at right back with Wilmot and Flint as the centre backs, then Sterling at left back. Okay, that's actually very similar to what I'm doing. <laughs> Is it? Is yeah. it? I've got Clark, I've got a basic in goal, but I've got Clark, Flint, Wilmot, and Fox as the back four. Yeah, well, what I know is that Sterling's a very versatile defender, and I know Harry Clark won't want to play it at left back. So that's why I believe Sterling will play at left back. Midfield three, I'm going with Baker, Laron, and I'm bringing back in DiMaggio Wright-Phillips as a free sort of attacking midfield role. Oh, so really, yeah. So in your formation, so you've got sort of Baker and Loren who will be doing the uh, the defensive duties as such, won't they? And then yeah. DiMaggio's given more of a free role. Yeah. The way I see it is Laurent will sort of help out with the defence. Baker will be sort of, you know, going in between the two, uh, helping on whichever one needs more help. And then Wright Phillips just, he'll be that midfielder that stays more forward. And say, for example, if one of the wingers or a striker drops back, he can take that place for a bit. Yeah, because let's face it. I mean, Baker's best performances are coming away from home, aren't they? They are. He's consistently. You've seen the goals he scored away from home. Yeah. Oh. So he, how, how we're setting up away from home, he's obviously suiting him. In his game, yeah. for us to view. Sure. So, I mean, like I say, for me, I had Baker and Loren, but I'm playing a four-two-three-one, which I think okay. is probably going to be similar to your formation. Really, I mean, you say right, so it's, he's going to be having the free roll, so he's sort of going to be like more like your number ten anyway, isn't he? And yeah, yeah, he will be. So he's 
you're possibly going to be playing quite similar to to what I'm thinking. Yeah. Now, um, going into the forward positions, we spoke about uh, Fossey, didn't we? Yeah. We did. He's playing on the left wing for me. Tyrese is going to come in on the right. <laughs> and then I'm having Delap or Gale up front because one of them has got to score at some point. <laughs> well, do you know what? I've got Campbell on the right, <laughs> Fossu on the left. <laughs> <laughs> and I've actually got Delap up front with Gale playing as the number 10 because I've, I know he's he's a finisher that, but I've actually been really, like, really impressed with his intelligence and his all-round yeah, yeah. play. And I think if you're getting the pace of Fosu and Campbell around him and and then Delap, like say, can hold it up a bit and Gale can play off, can be you know, supporting him from the middle, then I think uh, it could well turn... Yeah, that could be our best bet at, at creating chances. What I will say is the reason why Fosu's playing and not right Phillips for me on... I know, obviously, you had him in the middle, but I would have stuck him out wide. Yeah. The reason I'm doing that is because this is Fossu's. If I was Alex Neal, I'd say, you know what, you've had a shocker today. You, you've proven to me that you can't really play right wing back against a decent side where you know where you've got to be switched on defensively for long periods. And this is your chance now. You're going to be playing your preferred position, left wing. If you don't perform for me today, then it's going to be a very long loan spell for you. <laughs> yeah. I can I can agree with that. Yeah, he's playing. I think he's playing for his Stoke City place in this game for me. Oh yeah, for sure. And you've put him in his for preferred sure. position where he likes to play, and he's got to impress. But you know whether it's Burnley away or not, whether he's going to see a ton of the ball or you know not a lot of it, he needs to do something today in this game to keep his place. And there's a lot of attacking talent in that side. If he if he doesn't, um, if he doesn't perform well and he drops out, you may find it very difficult to get back in as well. Yeah, I agree. I agree, hundred percent, there, mate. Uh, I mean, what what do you think of Burnley? I mean, obviously, Vincent Company came in in the summer, didn't he? And he's he was a bit. I remember that first game they played on. They actually opened the championship season. Then it was at Huddersfield they played. Yeah, they played Huddersfield and, and they, you know, they Ian Matson was brilliant. Yeah, <laughs> I remember watching him and thinking like, "Oh, they, they, these," because it it was a bit like the unknown wanted. It was like, you know, is he going to be able to get them to play? Is he going to expect too much of Championship players? Yeah, um, you know, are they going to be able to adapt? Obviously, Sean Dyche she was there before. It's a completely different way of playing. You know, as he managed to overhaul the squad enough to play his way, and then they went out in that game, and they were. I remember watching it and watching it all, thinking, "Wow, these are going to be take some stuff in." But then they've been for me; they've been quite inconsistent since then. I mean, they're not in the automatic promotion places. They are. They've dropped plenty of points. It's yeah, they haven't. They haven't steamrolled teams like they were threatening to after that first yeah. game. It's it's tough because obviously they are fighting for that promotion. Like any team in the league at the moment is fighting for that promotion spot. They're in the playoffs, which you know isn't too bad. They're, they are six points off Sheffield United, who we'll talk about in the next preview, which I'm very worried about. But um, they're not a bad team by any regard, mate. And that's the that's the one worry I've got with it. 
is you don't know what you're going to expect when you play Burnley. They could be shocking or they could be a team where you don't even know how to handle them. Yeah, I mean, obviously we we only see snippets, don't we? You don't see the highlights or or when they're on Sky or something, we can watch it. Uh, but one person who does uh, watch them a bit more is Joe. So Joe runs own Burnley podcast and he's been in touch. He's given us a bit of an insight on his thoughts ahead of the game. So shall we have a listen to that? I think we shall, mate. Hi guys, Joe Evan here from Turfcast Podcast, the Burnley podcast, just giving my thoughts ahead of this week's game at Turf Moor on Wednesday, I think it is, I believe. Yeah, usually Tuesday, but of course you guys played today. Um, so that'll be the reason why it is on Wednesday. But um, yeah, not really too sure what to expect from you guys, to be honest with you. I've not seen Stoke play at all this season, um, to be honest. However, I was looking at your, your form earlier today, um, after watching you play uh, today, um, and thinking this might be a good time for us to actually play Stoke because I think I think to say you're not in the best of form would would be an understatement. Um, you you won uh, off the top of my head. I think it was one game in your last five. Of course, today's game. I'm sure you won't want me to mention it too much, but you know it wasn't a very good one. And didn't I didn't see much from that game that that worries me too much. Um, obviously losing 4-0 um, to a, a Watford side that's just changed a manager. Um, I know that it's a bit of a cliche in football, isn't it? You don't want to play somebody who's just changed a manager. Um, but on the flip side of it, we were quite poor this weekend as well. Um, we didn't really get going against um, what I believe to be a poor Cardiff side who don't actually have a manager at the minute. So, um, But we're a different kind of animal at home. Um, we seem to be a little bit better at home. Um, than we are on the road at the minute. Uh, we do tend to get pegged back. Um, I think our last three away games, we've gone one nil up in all of them um, and then been pegged back at, and drawn 1-1. One, one. Two of those have been goals later than the eight to, uh, the 90th minute or later. Um, so, yeah, but just, just looking at your results and where you are in the league table, I was quite surprised um, that you were so far down in the league table, but um, it's still relatively early on in the season, isn't it? You know, Having said that, we are nearly a quarter of the way through. Um, I think the, the game on Wednesday signifies like a quarter of the way through the season. So, um, But I'm, I still think you, know, you, you will start picking up points eventually um, uh, and coming good. I just, I just think that... Uh, it might be a little bit too much. Uh, well, I'm hoping it might be a little bit too much for you guys at the turf um, on Wednesday. But uh, one more thing of store, which I'm surprised about actually, is I was disappointed to see Delap go there simply because I I wanted him at Burnley. Um, but again, I was on your hashtags today, and it doesn't seem like he's uh, pulling up too many trees. I saw somebody um, saying he doesn't like the way he plays. Um, you know, although people were arguing, to be fair, he's not getting much service. So obviously, you guys will know more than that than, uh, about that than me. But yeah, I mean, I mean, it's going to be an interesting game. I think we'll just do what we've been trying to do to every team this season: keep the ball, um, pa- try and pass you to death, um, and then hopefully we can turn the screw uh, and get the win like we did in our last home game against Bristol City, who were a good um, attacking side and we managed to, to, to keep them down to just one goal. So, um, yeah, interesting game on Wednesday. Looking forward to it and uh, obviously hoping for a Burnley win. So, yes, that's Joe from Turfcast there. So, cheers, Joe. And, uh, yeah, don't tell uh, Vincent and the lads, but we were just l- luring you into a full sense of security letting you watch today's <laughs> game. That's all it was. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, it's interesting. I mean, I did, I've seen those comments you mentioned about Delap as well. I mean, what 
Have you seen those as well, Andy? I have seen some comments saying that he shouldn't be in a Stoke shirt again. <laughs> a bit extreme. It's a bit, bit, bit far, I think. Yeah, uncalled for, in my opinion. I think he's a young lad trying to make an impression. You know, at the end of the day, his job is to tell Pep Guardiola that he shouldn't be playing Ealing Hall and he should be playing Liam Delap. And <laughs> yeah, that's, that's something bold to say, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, so that's his job. So he hasn't got the easiest job in the world. <laughs> and then he's come to Stoke and he's getting the, the uh, complete lack of service. And he's Like I say, he's having to make his own chances. And I think him and, him and Dwight Gale are linking up all right to be honest but they're just yeah. not the ball's just not falling for them yet. Um I think if we can if we can get some players we need to get players back, don't we? I mean yeah, I, I was yeah, talking I I mentioned to yourself didn't tell you around yourself and, and and Mike when sort of Mike was saying, you know, how how poor it was and how rich, which it was today, it was terrible. But I was like again, another game where no Jacob Brown, no Josh Time, and no Harry Suter, um, no Nick Powell. Nick Powell again. That's and those four. If if you were to draw up a list of the most influential and important Stoke players, you could probably put them four and Lewis Baker. It'd be yeah, a, sure. it'd be a top five, and that's four of the you know four of them players missing again. It's not just any old players that get injured at this club. It's always seems to be the most important ones, and it's it's no wonder they're all over the place in some respects because there's no consistency to the team because there's never you know there's never the same personnel available one game to the next. Yeah, it's it's very um, annoying. I mean, very annoying, mate. And it's been going on for years, Andy. Years and years, and you think. <laughs> How surely there can't there must be something more to it. There's got to be some sort of like training or fitness problem that you know, that's creating all these injuries. And then, you know, if it is sheer bad luck, then I look forward to the time it changes because bloody hell. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, I don't we, know when it's going to change, mate. I think we'll only need eleven players for a couple of years if we, if we even do South out. <laughs> we'll need the same eleven every week. I don't know when we're going to name the same eleven, mate. It's, it's really a question of, is it ever going to happen? Yeah, I mean, okay. So they were missing João Pedro today. He definitely get you know is is probably one of their most influential players. But if you look at if you put in that Stoke team today, if you put Josh Time in at left at um, left wing back, mm-hmm. and you put Harry Suter in instead of Aidan Flint in the middle of that defence. Yeah, you put Nick Powell instead of Will Smallbone. Put Jacob Brown. Put what? Put him anywhere. Put him right wing back. Put front. <laughs> put him centre back, centre yeah. mid, in goal even. Yeah, but do you know what I mean? If you if you could stick him at right wing back instead of having to play Fosu there, who's just not understanding, or you know, play you bring him on after an hour as you know as a as a substitute. Yeah. yeah. You know, how different and how much more of a chance do you think we would have had in today's game with them players? I'd say we'd have a lot more of a chance. Obviously, like you mentioned, Tymon uh, takes Sterling's place. Then Sterling, who is an out-and-out right wing-back, goes right wing-back. You have more creativity because Sterling was probably one of our best players today. 
and yeah. you bring the creativity back, you bring the solidarity of Harry Suter, a ball-carrying centre-back who's tall, who can win headers, he's got a good pass on him. As soon as we have all those players back at the same time, that's the key word, at the same time, yeah. we'll, do, we'll do all right. It's just the fact that we never have the players back when we need them. Yeah, we get we get two back and then three go off injured. <laughs> exactly, mate. It's very annoying, but yeah. I think it's the way it's always going to be. And I think, unfortunately, that that's what we need to get. We need to get a spell, don't we, where we have. I mean, even if you know one, two of them are out, fair enough. But we need to get where you know the majority of our big name players are out on that pitch together. And I think only then can we judge where we're actually at. As a football yeah, I agree with you. Squad. I would agree with you, mate. I think you know today it has been you know it is negative after a result like that, and you do look at it and you know it's it's rubbish, it's crap. You know they aren't good enough. Sat a lot of them, I've seen you know all them kind of comments. But where we are actually at as a club and as a squad, like I say, it doesn't you you don't know that until we actually get managed at some miraculous point to get 90% of our best 11 on the pitch at the same time. Exactly, mate. And you've, you've hit the nail, the nail on the head there. You've, I've said the same right for once. But, um, <laughs> you've, you've got it nailed on there, mate. It's, it's the way it's going to be. And I don't think until we have everyone back fit, it's going to really change too much. Yeah, I mean, I mean, obviously, we've just given our teams there, haven't we? But I think... Obviously, if if any of the if any of them plays off, I mean, I know Jacob Brown's out, and isn't he until yeah, is until mid November, mid November, I believe. Yeah, but it um, but it said middle of next month when the article came out, so it could be the mm. middle of this month. So it could only be a few games without him, which you know we we kind of do need him back. Yeah, so I doubt he's going to be making an appearance at Turf Moor. Uh, I doubt Harry Suter. You know, if he wasn't even on the bench today, how I doubt he's going to be fit to start on Wednesday. Yeah. But obviously, if timing's fit, then he comes in with a left back for me. Like, he's got to start. Look at the fingers. <laughs> he's in. If Nick Powell's fit, then he is going to be playing. He'll come in for DiMaggio for me. Yeah. So, you know, there is these players we're waiting for, and they are instantly going to be put back in the side. Yeah, it's your key players, isn't it? Yeah, they are key players. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to ask you for your prediction, actually, in a minute, mate. Um, but before that, let's hear what Graham McGarry's got to say on the game. Hi there, once again, you Potter's predictors. This is Graham McGarry trying to get one right. It's not been easy, has it, to predict Stoke City's scorelines this particular season? And it doesn't get any easier after a dreadful performance and a poor, poor result at the weekend because come Wednesday night, they're off to Turf Moor to come up against Vincent Company's Burnley side who haven't taken the Championship by storm since they come down from the Premier League last season. So it's down to Alex Neal to try and get his team to bounce back and show a bit more spirit, a bit more resilience and a bit more hard to beat in their lineup that they take to the field on Wednesday night at Burnley. Very difficult game for the Potters, but football sometimes it's that unpredictable. You get a result when you don't think you're going to get one. So I'm going to give you a bit of joy, you Stoke fans. Burnley won, Stoke won. Cheers for that, Graham. 
Um, yeah, East Cavanagh's get a point. I mean, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not hopeful with that, mate. No, I don't know if we're just too. I don't know if we're just too close to it. But yeah, I unfortunately I don't see us getting anything. To be honest, I think. I think we'll put more fight into this game than we have today. I don't think they'll show a lack of bottle or anything like that. I think they'll go out there, they'll give it a go. I think Lewis Baker will score, but we will, you know, come out two you know, two one defeat. That's fair, isn't it? I'm I'm going a bit more realistic. I'm gonna say a three one defeat. Just because I if we have the the squads we put out, yes, they're not exactly weak, but they're not exactly strong. I don't I don't see much happening. If Simon comes back and Powell's back, you know we can sort of do a bit more. Maybe we can have more of a chance, but um, it's just going to be tough all round, in my opinion. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, so yeah, just to round up this podcast, uh, we super six. So, Andy, you're up into the top ten, mate. You're tenth place. I know. A young gun. I'm doing. I'm not doing too bad on it. <laughs> uh, Mike's in forty six, and I have broken into the top hundred. I'm up at ninety eight. <laughs> I remembered to do it this week. It's not something to shout from the hills about, Dan. <laughs> uh, excuse me. I am twentieth. <laughs> I got twentieth place this week. I am uh, flying high. I managed to actually fill it in. So when I do fill it in, I, I could be top 20 if I do it every week. <laughs> that is very true. Um, overall, though, Matthew Robinson is top with 112 points. One measly point behind is Carl Warburton in second. And then on 105 points is Neil Green. Could be worse, mate. Could be worse. So those are the top three. Is that where you're aiming, mate? Is that next stop yeah. podium position? That is the next stop is top five, I would say. <laughs> well, I'll have to get some sort of siren for you if you get onto the podium. <laughs> Playing anthem or something. Um, yeah, probably. Gaffer. Well, 34 for Mike, who hates some, uh, you know, the... Um, the gaffer and the fancy football and all that, doesn't he? Yeah, he hates all of it. Hates it all. He's leading the way you're out in us. He's 34th. I know. Uh, He's a liar. That's what he is. You're 39th and I am 41st. So I am getting a bit nervous here because I remember at the start of the season, we did say that if somebody finished bottom in both of them, there would be like a forfeit or something. We did do. We've still not decided what that is. We haven't decided what it is. And I remember... That there was like inklings of something like Vale Park was mentioned and all. Yeah, you had to go Vale Park or something. And and, no, um, uh, not not keen on on doing that. So <laughs> I need to put my ideas up here. Maybe I need to bit, find Mike's password for uh, for his gaffer or his super six and, and just sab- log him out, sabotage him, <laughs> <laughs> make him make a new account and join the league late. <laughs> Yeah, that's the one. You'll still somehow find a way to overtake as well. <laughs> um, well, the top three in the gaffer are at Stoke Gaffer is first with 784 points. Uh, Jack Curran is second with 753. And returning to the top three, Pookie Blinders with 710 points. Don't forget your midweek ones. Folks, especially no, do not forget the midweek ones, guys. Just don't don't tell Mike, Andy. <laughs> don't do tell Mike. <laughs> do me a solid. Let him 
let him forget and let me get out there. He's ill. He's delirious. Yeah. He won't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, I think with my, I think I'm, I'm glad for this talk. It feels like therapy after today. <laughs> I've got it out of my system. Now. After today, mate, it was needed. Yeah, I've got it out of my system now. I feel much better. <laughs> we can put it to one side. Yes, put it in a box and forget yeah. about it unless we play poorly against Burnley and we can rebring it up. Wonderful. Yeah, because obviously we're going to be recording Wednesday night, aren't we? Straight we after are. full time. Just wonderful. <laughs> Lovely, mate. Exactly <laughs> what we need. Oh, brilliant. Well, anyway, let's hope we can, you know, a bit more positive when we return to record that pod. Um, I'm not going to hold my breath, but let's fingers crossed that we are. So, yeah, have a good week, folks. And uh, yes, you'll hear from us again Friday morning. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rose, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Talk Sport, powered by fans.